Jennifer at No Label Brewery, and you're listening to Drink of Ages Radio Show with John Denman. Come out to No Label seven days a week and join us for some badass beers on tap. Don't forget to visit our website at nolabelbrew.com for all events happening at our brewery. Hope to see you soon. All right, everybody, get ready for some Drink of Ages Radio Show. Get some good cold beer ready, and we're going to be hanging out this week with, let's see, the brewmaster and one of the owners of Spindle Tap Brewery, Garrison Mathis, owner and head roaster, the only roaster, of Spindle Tap Coffee. We have Matthew McKenzie, and we all took a trip to Honduras this last week, and came along with us uh, Scott Doyle, and he, the one and only Scott Doyle, Photographer, videographer, musician, and all-around good times. So, everybody get ready. This is Drink of Ages. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. All right, welcome everybody to Drink of Ages Radio Show. I am John Denman. DJ Muskratch <laughs> is a producer. We are hanging out here at Drink of Ages Pub. Hope everybody's having a great night and drinking some excellent beers. Drinking some good beers now, hanging out with my buddies. And we recently, this last week, we took a trip down to Honduras, uh, which turned into one hell of a week for a lot of reasons. But uh, Matthew McKenzie, who is the head roaster and the one of the founders of Spindle Tap Coffee Company, and we were sitting around Spindle Tap and just having to come up with this great plan to go down to Honduras and visit coffee farms. Maybe that's your perspective. <laughs> <laughs> you were sitting around. <laughs> I was cupping coffees. Oh, well, okay. We were cupping some coffee, so we were standing at the bar. But came with this great plan to go down to Honduras. And along with that, uh, Garrison who is a brewmaster and one of the founders of Spindle Tap, uh, needed to come along as well because there's just a lot of collaboration that's going to happen at Spindle Tap between the coffees, the beers. And, yeah, Garrison and I, we've taken a few trips together over the last couple of years and just wouldn't be the same without him. And then Scott was like, man, we're going to go down there. We need to you know, get some, some really good pictures and some videos done. So Scott came tunes. along. As well. Great tunes. As and well. great tunes. Yeah. Yeah. So we put together a pretty badass crew to go down to Honduras for a week. We experienced a lot. <laughs> Learned even more. Learned even more. Yeah. Three. <laughs> we count Garrison's words. I think this, if it was a drinking game, it's like every time Garrison speaks. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody would drink that much. Yeah. I have to get more beer. <laughs> and this is hot No, count. you don't. <laughs> so, so, just real quick, guys. Uh, yeah, so, we were down in Honduras for a week. We did spend a really fun night in Roatan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never been down to Roatan, it's one of the like, one of the Bay Islands off of Honduras and the Caribbean side. So beautiful beaches, beautiful top water. Top diving locations in the world. Yes, one of the top diving locations in the world, and apparently a great place to drink about 400 Coronas. Distance to the mic is key. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> <laughs> that one's going to be edited out, so... Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> oh, man, why are you going to edit that out? <laughs> yeah, so we spent the first... All right, let's, well, we can kind of go over the trip, since, you know, that's what, we're going to talk about coffee. We're going to talk a lot about coffee in this show, because it was uh, definitely an eye-opener for me uh, to experience how, how the coffee starts and ends up in your cup. Is is yeah. much way much more labor than I ever thought was ever put into it. Yeah, and there's a lot more lives involved. Yeah, and the fact it that too. it's uh, you know a dollar for a cup of coffee or four dollars depending on where you go, and it, it, I don't understand why it's not more. I'm glad it's not, but uh, but you know the trip started here early at Houston on Monday. I can explain why it's not more. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> Commodity <laughs> trading. <laughs> But, yeah, as we started, had a fun little flight down to Honduras. Yeah. We got picked up at the airport, had a guy holding a sign, spindle tap. So, you know, felt sitting there like, oh, man, this is, we're we're rolling here, man, high class. And then we go get into his uh, Hyundai (laughs) with the spoiler on the back. With the spoiler. Yeah, Hyundai Sonata. (laughs) It was a sweet Hyundai. It was, man. (laughs) That it was. Um, We were riding legitimately in 5% tent. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe higher. (laughs) I'm going to say, yeah, I think think like at least 6%. Like here we've got a max tent level. I think there they have a min tent level. Minimum, (laughs) yes. Yeah, uh, we would stop. And, you know, nobody would pay any attention because you can't see in the cars until the four of us got out. And then people started looking. <laughs> Just like, hey, man, what's going on here? <clears throat> but now uh, we blazed it from San Pedro Sula. Mm-hmm. Blazed it trying to make the ferry to Roatan. Mm-hmm. We didn't make it uh, out of La Ceiba. I so believe Scott. Scott is the hold up in the back seat. I think Scott. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <welcome>. we <laughs> didn't make the ferry. <laughs> didn't make the ferry, but we found us a good hotel on the beach where uh, started having some coronas and some shots. That first night was good though, man. We it was beautiful sunsets, yeah, looking yeah. west. And but it was just one of those situations where every day we woke up early, like. Earlier than I normally wake up in Houston. Yeah. Um, Speak for yourself. You say we, meaning <laughs> three of us. <laughs> Some of y'all <laughs> like to wake up early. I don't typically get up too early, or if I do, then it's you know to eat breakfast and go back to bed. But yeah, man. Uh, so we were in La Ceiba, uh, staying at the Beach Hotel. Good times. You know, like I said had fun at the bar. Went and ate some more food. Came back, more Coronas. Uh, I think that was about it that first day, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so we woke up, took the ferry across the Roatan. <clears throat> and that's where we had another driver there. And it was cool. One. Yeah. One. One was great. Yeah. 
If you guys are ever taking the ferry from La Ceiba to Roatan, make sure to uh, ride with Juan. You have his number. Yeah, I do have his number. It's probably come by the, the Juan Come by there, the brewery, so. buy a few beers There's and a bag one, of coffee, one. and I'll give you Juan's number. It's got to be the 7.30 a.m. ferry, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was... Uh, I slept on the ferry, woke up in Roatan, uh, and that place is badass. Yeah, it's the most beautiful water I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and yeah. I'm a beach rat. Well, the fun thing about it, we end up—I don't know—he took us to some cabins uh, on his recommendation. We stayed in these cabins on the beach, and there was a platform that you can jump off of uh, over the water. Is I don't know, thirty, forty feet. Yeah, something like that. And <clears throat> so you know, a couple beers jump off, but as the day went on. More and more beers jumped off a lot more. There was a positive correlation with the amount of times that we jumped off of that thing and the amount of beers that we drank. There's a, that's a certain certain. I think I jumped off like three times, four times maybe. I I think you guys y'all started like chasing each other out of the. Well, we were every time we stood up there, we were making fun of how little you jumped off of it. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> No, it was it was fun, but that turned into many uh, salvavitas, which is uh, the easy drinking lager. You know, every island you go to, they have their, or any country, they yeah. have their own little light easy drinking lager. And where Guatemala, it's Gallo, Imperial, and Costa Rica, Belican, Belican, and Belize, yeah. And it was salvavita. National beer of Honduras. The national, national beer of Honduras. Mm-hmm. But we supported the economy very well. <laughs> 12 ounces at a time. 12 ounces at a time. Also, 59 kilos at a time. That's That's we're not talking about that, that, not drug, right? we're not, Coffee, not drug. We agreed Coffee, not drug. not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in row 10? Uh, all right, all right. The FCC regulation says we need to change subjects. <laughs> Now let's take a break and get a couple <laughs> more beers and get back. We'll talk more about this little Honduras trip and, and get into some coffee because uh, that, that really was something very impressive. So this is Drink of Ages. Be right back. Are you thinking of buying, selling, or renting a house? Let my good friend Amber Sear with Stanfield Properties help with all your real estate needs. She is your real estate connection. Amber is a second-generation real estate agent and holds herself to the highest ethical standards. She is a member of the National Association of Realtors, Texas Association of Realtors, and Houston Association of Realtors. Work with a knowledgeable native Houstonian who I know well and I trust. Whether buying, selling, or renting, Contact Amber Sear from Sandfield Properties. Her email address is amberseer.realtor at gmail.com. That's ambercyr.realtor at gmail.com. Or call her at 832-715-5455. Again, that's 
715-545-5455. All right, if you guys need anything like some shirts, some merch, some stickers, uh, from koozies to any of that stuff, whether you're a brewery, a distillery, or yeah, you just have a business you want to get started and get your brand out there, man. You need to talk to my buddy Rodney Campbell over at Cask Branding. He can take care of you with your glassware. Your, I mean, like I said, he makes all of our shirts here at Drink of Ages. He does a lot of stuff for a lot of people around Houston. So reach out for CaskBranding.com, Rodney Campbell, and tell him that you heard on Drink of Ages, and man, he'll take care of you. This is Drink of Ages Radio. We are back. Uh, hanging out with Garrison Mathis, Matthew McKenzie, and Scott Doyle. <laughs> DJ Muskrush, myself, John Denman. Hanging out here at Drink of Ages Pub. I think the nicotine has uh, kicked in on Matt over there. Oh, man. Spit it uh, out, man. You're not supposed to swallow. Call me the, call me the rhinoceros. Not because I got birds on my back. <laughs> Uh, Scott's over here eating a euro. Dallas Quick Stop. It is. It's yeah. a. This is my kind of. It's like of Honduras party. all over again. Mm. We're all sitting around drinking beer. Well, we already had Gus's fried chicken, and uh, all I got was a drumstick before it was gone. Oh man, no, yeah. it was. It was. What are you talking about? You sat and chewed. On, you gnawed on that drumstick for an hour because there was nothing <laughs> left. There were no other chickens. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a drumstick bone left, man. <laughs> hmm. That is the best fried chicken in Houston, by the way. Gus's fried chicken. Yep. They should be a sponsor of the show. Yep. Just like one is the best driver in Roatan. You're good. Good segue back into what we were talking about. He's only slightly partial to. Uh, certain certain uh, living quarters on the island. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was pretty upfront with, like, they give me a little bit of a commission to come here, but also, like, I know the prices, and bang for your buck, this is about the best that you're going to find, especially in proximity of what you're trying to find. He's a good dude. I mean, you don't need to take hot showers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know beach. that there were hot showers on on that <laughs> island. Oh, you're under, checking. You're checking in. Three hundred dollars. You're night. checking in. Give us an hour. <laughs> we need to clean the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's wash the sheets real quick. <laughs> That's just anywhere. I not promise, it's ten dollars cheaper than the next place. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It worked out all right. Yeah. 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 There. There was some AC. There's a fan. Mm-hmm. There's a refrigerator we filled out with beer. I don't even know if we drank it all. That was no, uh, we did one. Gave yeah, it to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, it worked. That the same thing worked the last night we were there, where you guys showed up with like three six packs of beer, and we drank them all. Just that last night in Roatan, it didn't work out. I think because we already had like 412 beers. So we'll just clearly we'll cut all this out and we'll talk about how much we learned. <laughs> And about we're talking about the culture. Oh, yeah, we're yeah. getting into that. Uh, the, co- the coffee on the island was uh, I thought was, we were was talking respectable, like... but there, there, unfortunately, nowhere near the quality that, that you would come to expect on the mainland. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the coffee... <laughs> the coffee, you know, was, it was good. You know, but it was In just, Roatan? Yeah. It was, it was good. It was okay. But 
What? But once we left Roatan, came back, went from La Ceiba back to San Pedro Sula. Gosh, and that was a long freaking day. It was, it was a long day. But then we we went to the different coffee farms, and that's what yeah, really the started yeah. this. The whole purpose of this trip was to go to coffee farms. Meet the owners of the farm and actually just experience uh, experience what it takes to get coffee yep. from the tree yep. into your cup. Yep, and that's the part that that I I didn't know that coffee was a fruit until Matthew you told me that like I don't know two weeks ago or something. And <laughs> then, I didn't even know that until just now. Yeah. <laughs> And the coffee grows on like a little small shrub tree yep. and like little cherries. And they're just little fruits that just grow in. And it's not like a vine, but it's a it's like a stalk, a limb that grows a bunch the of bunches. them. On, yeah, yeah in bunches. it's kind of like grapes. And so you have to pick each one individually. You can't just go and just grab a handful of them because some of them are still green, some of them are red, and you need to pick the red some ones. Some of them are black. Some of them, are, yeah, some of them are in between. And so, you had these workers out there. I forgot what they called them, but there, there was they. Anybody remember? It was a Spanish Productadores? word. No. Reca- Recuperadores. Oh, la chupacabra. <laughs> and recuperadores. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah, as we go up there on the hills and they start picking one at a time, you know, and put them in their baskets. Um, okay. Matthew, you've been doing coffee for a long time. You've been in the in the business for a lot of years. I mean, you did this in China. And so now, was this the first time that you went to a coffee farm? No. Like this? No. Um, it's the first time that I had been at a coffee farm during, like, uh, like harvest. Um, but, um, yeah, I... Uh, my brother-in-law and I went to a farm in Laos uh, a few years back, uh, right around the second year that I started Avid. And so that was my first coffee farm experience. But even back when I worked at Starbucks, like back then when they, you know, trained up the baristas to know about coffee... I mean that was part of my requirements before I could be recognized as like a full like an actual partner or employee was that I had to go through this course learning course of knowing where coffee came from and so well reading a book and then actually going out there and experiencing it yeah two different things completely different yeah I mean I could tell you firsthand experiences like the people listening to the to the show or gonna hear about our experiences but mm-hmm. it, it doesn't you know doesn't do it justice fully well what i thought was fun though is uh, the cherry Sorry, that the Garrison bean was gonna say something <laughs> the bean grows in <laughs> uh you can eat that you know that's that's yeah. part of the the fruit the fruit part of it that is, is really good i mean really tasty and one of the things i you know existed is what you have in your squirt bottle over here Cascara, Cascara, mm-hmm. which is the basically the the so it's the after the the seed is removed from the pulp, the pulp is then dried out with the you know the skin and the the fruit still there, and that dried 
fruit, dried pulp, is basically becomes a tea. Something that you can make a tea-like beverage out of. It was yep. really good. Yeah, it was. And we had it... Uh, where were we that we tasted? San Pedro. San Pedro. Yeah. At Crust and Crumb. That's what that place was called. Yeah. It was super good. If uh, you're ever in San Pedro Sula, Honduras, be sure to check out Crust and Crumb and tell Jorge <laughs> that Matthew from Spindle Tap sent you. You're welcome. And get the uh, <laughs> strawberry tort. While you're there, oh, and the Quattro Leches. The Quattro Leches. Oh, god. That's a you know talk about stepping something up a notch. You know, oh. we've had Dos Leches, some Tres Leches, but how do you go to Honduras to find Quattro Leches? They got four different types of milk there. Oh, that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was kind of like Belgians quads. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. But no, it's a. Uh, it was, it was delicious. It's so stupid. almost said something I can't say on the radio. Yeah. But yeah, it was really delicious. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I'm out of beer, so we got to take a break. And we uh, st- <laughs> still... Recollectores. <laughs> what was it? Recollectores. Maybe. That's it. That's it. Call Michelle. Prove it. Okay. Let's get beers, and then we'll uh, solve this mystery. Drink of ages. Hello, Houston. This is Jared Montgomery, brewmaster at Megaton Brewery. If you have not heard of us, we're a new brewery in Kingwood. Come check out our air-conditioned tap room. Enjoy our free-play arcade games, air hockey, pool table, outdoor patio games, and of course, food trucks all weekend. Try our tasty brews or grab a pint of our favorite beers made by our friends across the great state of Texas. Megaton serves wine as well. Our tap room is open Friday and Saturday, and beginning September 8th, we are open noon to 6 for football season. Find us on Facebook for hours, events, and special beer releases. Thanks so much. Finishing up his uh, food. So thanks for joining us for this segment of the conversation. Matthew McKenzie, founder and um, roaster for Spinal Tap Brewery, coffee. Yeah. Spinal Tap Coffee. Yeah. At Spinal Tap Brewery. Yeah. Garrison Mathis. In partnership with. In partnership with Garrison Mathis, Spinal Tap Brewery. Uh, yeah, so it's this. Whole deal going down there, going down to Honduras. <clears throat> you know, I'm always excited to go places, and uh, that's one of the countries in Central America that I definitely plan on going to sometime in my life. So it was really cool to get down there and check it out. Uh, yeah, but just like most of the Central American countries, you know, they're beautiful, absolutely just gorgeous landscaping and mountainside, lush tropical areas. But those are some bumpy ass roads. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a uh, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> Let me start over again. That's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. 
So, I mean, of course, like it's a Central American country. I mean, there's a lot of poverty, corrupt governments, and everything else going on. So, pretty much what you expect. A lot of dogs running around, and just a, a lot of poverty. But uh, those were some of the slowest, bumpiest roads, especially heading to some of the farms. You know, once we got off the one bumpy road to get on, to getting up the mountains, it was a slow trek. Yeah. And trying to drink a beer in a four by four truck, you know, it was almost impossible. Almost. Almost. <laughs> you got to time the bumps just right. <laughs> but going to the coffee farms, I mean, they, they, we met, I mean, how many did we end up going to? Nine? Seven. Well, if you if you consider Marvin and his dads, it was. We spoke to multiple intense. farmers, but actual farms, it was like six or seven. Right. But in every, Depending I mean, in every conversation, up. there was something new to learn about the process or i thought that was pretty interesting as well because it, it went to the first farm and learned a lot yeah and, and but i guess maybe they didn't explain it all or we yeah. just missed no, the process i mean well, then, I then we go to the next one and there's something new that they're doing and it was it happened every single time well, it was yeah. i think it was it wasn't necessarily something more that or new that they were doing it's something i told you and michelle like mm-hmm. i think on the second day Something I valued the most was every single farm that we went to was an entirely different experience. Not mm-hmm. only with respect to like the, the differences and in, individual differences of the farm, but where they were at in their yeah. harvest process at the time of our arrival. Yeah. So we got to day one. We, we, saw, we saw the fermenting. Right. Uh, then we went from there to, uh, like, like you talk about the agronomist dad, he, he showed us that just we got to walk through up and down the mountain to see the, his actual farm. Yep. And then the next place we got to go pick the yep. cherries. And then the next day, you know, it was it, it, every single thing was a hauling, different experience. Hauling bags of right, you, sewing the bags and hauling them, hauling them to the bodega. Yep. Uh, every single every single farm we went to, and then the, ultimately culminating in the very last one, uh, I guess during that day. Uh, but the them them pulping the pulping the fruit. Yeah, you know, it was it was a completely different experience every single farm they went to, and I think yep. that was extremely valuable. And yep. I guess that's just because of the timing that we walked in and the process that there right. were. Yeah, yeah. But one of the coolest places that we went was the last night, which I still have you know all the bites on my legs. Thanks, Scott, for shining the lights on my legs while we we're walking <laughs> through the farms. I even <laughs> made a comment about it as he was doing it. <laughs> and uh, uh, but we we got there like ten o'clock at night. Nine o'clock at night. To yeah, it was pretty it's late. Black. And but we walked around and yeah, I mean, I, I, it's one that I wish we could have seen in the daytime because they are doing processes a little bit different than other farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, in multiple but, ways. I mean, yeah. so he had the raised African beds, which was it, it just simply cost more money. So I mean, he had the means yeah, to be the, able to, the, to yeah. utilize that that relatively advanced technology. Right. Well, the the initial it's like an initial upfront cost that he has to incur, but because of the other things that he was doing to increase his productivity and you know, he was able to then reinvest that. But he was really able to approach it more with a scientific uh, method than any of the other farmers that we've visited at that point. Right. Yeah. A, a lot of a, a, let's kind of talk about the process, right? So yeah. you handpick the cherry. Yeah. Get a bunch of those. Yeah. Those get taken to the depulper. Yeah. So literally every coffee bean that you consume has been picked. Yes. Yeah. Handpicked by a mm-hmm. by somebody. 
Somebody pick that. If you don't pick the right one, Miss Anna will slap your hand and she, let you know. Yeah. She will, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ask John. Oh, she had her hand in my basket a lot. I don't know if y'all noticed that. <laughs> Even when we're taking the picture, I'm standing there. That's we're all lined up, and she reaches <laughs> over. She reaches over, puts her hand in my basket. I'm just like, what? <laughs> uh, we, we, we made friends. Muskratch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Don so Anna was the best. Goes they in. They were all great. And basically, you just get the bean out, right? So you get the, they get the bean out. Then they take the beans, and they just put them on a platform, like, and put them on concrete, and let them dry out. Tarps. Tarps yeah. in a soccer field. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Tarps in a soccer field, after fermentation. This is, yeah, this is a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of steps to the process. The, you know, yeah, the ferment, because yeah, it spends 10 hours in, you know, in a fermenting barrel, mm-hmm. and then you're, you're scraping, um, fuselage. Yeah, you're scraping beans off the top that aren't going to be any good, and, you know that requires work and time you have to move the the beans and stir them up so that you know those bad beans can get to the top kind of like what we were doing that first day shoveling that trough and um it just seemed i mean it's same thing same way it was done you know a thousand years ago <laughs> there's really not a lot of processes that have changed well, that's, that's until that's it comes like 1700 years old most of the farms that we went to, these guys were multi-generational farmers right. doing, doing the exact same thing that their, that their, parents that their, and their grandparents. father and grandparents did. And that's what, like the first day right. with uh, the agronomist, right. uh, uh, Marvin, mm-hmm. you know, we went and visited his, his father's farm. And it ultimately, like, his, his father's farm allowed him to go to college in the first place to get his degree um, to be an agronomist. Yet, with everything that he learned in school... He tried to pass down to his father to say, maybe we should change things to do it this way. Yeah. And his father was like, well, maybe I think you should go get your own farm if that's the way you want to do it. <laughs> but, you know, but his dad, his dad saw the, of course, the but, fruit. Yeah. Just but a, but it's, <clears throat> a, it's a testament to how we each individually can be stuck in our ways, especially with, with information that's passed down multi-generationally. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I mean, just to kind of retouch on, um, you know, one of the reasons why we were down there, our, one of our, uh, our importers, Novus, um, basically invited us down there to show us around at the farms and some of the things that they were doing, specifically with uh, people like Marvin, who are agronomists. So they have a program that um, we help to fund um, that basically provides these farmers with agronomists to help them create plans to increase productivity and to increase sustainability completely free of charge uh, to the farmers with no strings attached. So, like, the farmers have no, don't have to commit to selling it to, you know, Novus or Mercon or the agronomists. Like, the agronomists this program is literally just there to help the farmers Mm -hmm. which is why we want to be a part of it but well the cool thing was when we went to the farm where i think garrison you you mentioned the the three brands that spindle top coffee is putting out Mm -hmm. three main brands we went to the farm where we're getting those beans from Mm -hmm. and met the owner of that farm sat in his house had coffee 
Yeah, I just enjoyed an hour of just sitting around talking to him. Yep. And it was like a, it was just a really kind of special moment, right? And it was an amazing experience. We're going to have a lot of videos that we'll be putting out over the next month of this whole trip, but that was one of them that, that was just really cool because that is, we met the guy, you know, where these beans are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I sat there in his living room drinking a cup of coffee with him that he had grown. And roasted himself on his cast he iron. Roasted himself in a cast iron. Yeah, and um, you know we we basically like, you know, we had a gentleman's agreement. Like, I want to, I want your coffee because you produce great coffee, and I want you to be able to continue producing great coffee. And I need you to keep producing great coffee. We'll do a weekend so. to ensure that you keep making quality coffee. Exactly. In order to further further the quality of, of the product that we're trying to produce. Exactly. It's a mutually beneficial relationship. Yep. Yep. Which is which is what you want. You don't wanna go into a you know, a poverty stricken country and just start throwing money at people. You know, you you wanna enable people to <laughs> That's what they want. Yeah, <laughs> you want to enable people to um, be paid what they deserve for hard work that they're putting in. Well, one of the things with Spindle Tap Coffee that's really cool is from the very beginning, the mission was you know half of all the profits made is going back to uh, that's good. some charities, but a lot of it's going back to the farmers yeah. where the beans are coming from to help them yeah. develop more and just produce better. Well, right. in that sense, that's what we we discuss with Mercon and Novas. Like, what, how would this, how would this be best served in that sense? And like to to Matt's uh, testimony, like her response was, "You don't just. It's it's not a matter of just giving handouts. It's doing something that has a long lasting effect. The biggest thing, the uh, thing that most makes the most sense, uh, is is investing in education." Yep. And I think that's, I mean, that reigns true in, in yeah. any format. Yeah. In any industry, in any civilization. Like, the more you can invest in education, the more of those those farmer sons that are able to go to school and get an education in agronomy to be able to go back and ultimately you know, increase production in their family farms. Like, that's that's ultimately what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And it... it it's an, an investment in education at, at every stage, too. It's not just investing in young children's education, which is also something that we're doing. Uh, you know, investing in the building of schools, the supplying of schools, the, you know, helping kids get to school and continue going to school. But it's also, like with that, that program, supplying farmers who have been farming forever with agronomists like we heard um you know we heard that one farmer who said straight up like if um you know if this if the agronomist had not come and helped him his farm would not yeah his farm would not have sustained Mm. yeah and yeah talking to michelle shout out to michelle michelle she was a lot of fun by the way yeah um Talking to Michelle, like just the the impact of these farmers when they can't create, when they don't have that sustainability, like there are these huge corporations that exist that just, it's the, it's these huge corporations and banks 
and governments that swoop in when the farmers can't afford to pay for their farms to stay open buy up the farms and basically the farmers become indentured servants to continue you know doing what they can do Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely not an easy life and i learned i mean just there, there was a couple farms that they're like, yeah, no, we had a really rough year. And then go to another farm, they're like, we had a great year, and they're yep. not too far from each other. Yeah. So it's a, um, that's where different techniques and education is very, very important. Yeah, I agree. I, re- I really enjoyed. I think one of you guys was. Well, that's one, I'm sorry. One of you guys was mentioning it, but the the last farm that we went to, um, the farmer's name was Jorge. Um, and, um, he had, um, it was an agronomist owned farm. Yeah. And he, he was an agronomist and he also had the farm and his dad was an agronomist. And so they both had that very scientific, I guess, mindset of pushing the, pushing the boundaries, trying to figure out how do I improve the scientific method. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it wasn't just for their own benefit, but he was looking to reinvest what he was learning in the rest of the farming community. You know, he was hiring uh, pickers at like, I don't know, well like ten, ten, yeah, ten percent above the average wage, and you know, then reinvesting in the in their kids and in the schooling and. Um, you know, coming up with like environmentally sustainable practices, uh, reducing the amount of water that they use in order to, you know, uh, process the coffee and um, figuring out the most effective and efficient ways to environmentally sound. Yeah, yeah. To well, not, not only that, but to segue into ultimately what we're, the the cascara. Yeah, like that's a byproduct of the process. That should be utilized more. That's yeah, maximized. I mean, it's it's not it's not complete waste because it ends up uh, being part of the, the fertilizer and right in the compost pile for, for right. the future crops. But yeah. they could also, in that same sense, maximize it's maximize used. that that uh, that basically byproduct to bring back increased returns in the long run. If they right. if they had the proper means to do so, right. Which it's, is it's as simple as simple as like, like a, a simple investment in the proper means to dry it, right? Which is something that we are actively looking to to work with them to do, right? Well, since we have that in front of us, let's take a break and we get back. We'll talk about the cascara and apparently we got some jelly as well. Yeah, coffee some jelly. Coffee jelly. Yeah, from you have some spindle tap beers. We have some empty glasses. So, John, do you know what the difference in jelly and jam is? <laughs> Drink of ages. Yeah. Be right back. <laughs> Spindle 
Tap is one of Houston's fastest growing craft breweries. From the highly sought after hazy IPAs to its year round core beers, Boomtown Blonde, Honey Hole, Hop Gusher, 5% Tint, and Houston Haze. Available at retailers all around Houston and surrounding areas. Stop by one of the nicest air conditioned tap rooms in Houston, Thursday through Sunday, conveniently located eight miles north of downtown off 59 in Little York. Come hungry and try some of our award winning barbecue and wood fire pizza from Texas. Go visit our website at spindletop.com and give us a like on Facebook. Alright, Dream Ages, we are back on. You're recording, right? (laughs) (laughs) The most exciting stuff happens in between segments on every show. On every show. That's why we're going to go to a straight video format and just tune in live and watch all this really bad stuff happen. Yeah, I have a TABC license I need to protect. But yeah, if you're just tuning in or if you're still listening, Garrison Mathis and Matthew McKenzie are here. Uh, Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap Coffee, and Scott Doyle with Doyle Rules. Uh, having a having a little reunion show here at Drink of Ages Pub coming up on February 29th. 29th, 29th, 29th. Unfortunately, 29th. there's not a 29th this year. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> there is a 29th this year. <laughs> February 29th. And yeah, so Doyle Rules is going to be playing here. Scott Doyle hanging out, man. Uh, you may remember from some great movies like Bench Warmers. Mm-hmm. Music in there. Uh, yeah, yeah. When they go to the Pizza Hut the first time, listen to it. <laughs> you hear a little Doyle Rules in the back. Yeah, it was yeah. also what was the TV show Intervention? Intervention. Didn't you have oh, a yeah. song? In Intervention? I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Intervention. Inter- so it's in the background, some girls <laughs> on drugs. She's oh, dying. I completely misunderstood. Oh, <laughs> it happened to be the depressing song he sings. <laughs> the kids about people award. on drugs and kids. how they suck. Yeah. Ironic. Yeah. He did uh, the theme music for his own Intervention show. <laughs> Scott, we need to talk to you about your music. <laughs> no, talk to me about drugs. Nope, we're talking about, about your music. That was the intervention. Your drug what? use is fine. <laughs> I played the guitar twice this year, so the show should be good. Looking, looking to rock it out. Uh, no, there, there was a, there was some like very good times, you know, with the Doyle rules. And great shows, of course, uh, all around different Houston. You guys toured, played a bunch of uh, cool venues and festivals and stuff. But then you had Adam Sandler walk out wearing your shirt. That was I remember that. That was a great moment. Nickelodeon Kids Kids Choice Awards. Uh That was a great moment in the Adora Rules history. But, yeah, February 29th, going to be playing here at Drink of Ages Pub. So we'll end the show with an Adora Rules song. Scott's pick. How much do you get for every uh, song played on Spotify? Spotify? They rip off all the bands, so you don't get anything. You get like half a penny. So play our music at least 10,000 times, and I'll get a quarter. (laughs) I'm going for those quarters. (laughs) Uh, All right, one play already, and follow us. It shows where you're playing, so. It makes me joy. I, I check every other day, and I'm like, <laughs> seven people. Yes. <laughs> for the something last to live 20 for. 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
probably, yeah. I think it's like a million plays, you get $3,000, but I don't even think that's true. They probably... There's only one way to find out. Million plays. Come on, Germany. Who's listening out there? <laughs> Tell your grandma. We need to get our uh, women over 65 listeners you up. Get a, <laughs> yeah. Bump that up a little bit. We only have like three, so it's probably my mom and Matt's mom. So. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get those. Yes. Mom, go to Spotify mom and listen to Doyle Rules. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good time here, February 29th. It's going to be a pretty good little party. So if you're looking for something to do uh, this leap year, then roll by and join us for this. It's going to be a, actually a really big-ass party up here. So come and enjoy some fun and drink some beers. But <clears throat> Matthew Spindle Tap will be here. Serving up coffee. Serving no, up hot dogs. I will actually be at a bachelor party just for my good friend Steve. Come on, just tell people, man. It's for the hikes. Oh, yeah, I'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> so much coffee. Well, yeah, I just pour it on me. my head. It's too late, That's man. all my other friends Now I want to hear about me. this bachelor party. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's talk about what's in front of us because nobody can actually see the beers. We talked about the difference between jam and jelly. <laughs> and <laughs> let's talk about We had a pretty informative uh, break. <laughs> So what are we? What do, what do you have for us, Matthew? What's well, what's so, going on with the? Yeah, I'll start. I'll start at the Cascara, and then uh, we'll transition in over to uh, another fifteen words from our good friend Garrison. The Cascara we tried it at the uh, Crust and Crumb at, in San Pedro Sula, and it was really good. Um, I knew about Cascara, but had never been able to get my hands on some. And uh, I met with the roaster slash owner of Crest and Crumb, and he just offered me up like this half giant half pound bag of of cascara. Well, just real quick, in case you just tune in, it is the basically what they're throwing away to get extracted coffee bean. It's the pulp, it's a fruit part, juicy. I mean, it tastes it just tastes really good just to eat the thing. And so they dry it out, and that's where the cascara, right. Yeah. Um, and so uh, you can do all kinds of things with the uh, cascara. Um, we drank it as a tea there. Um, we brought it back um, because ever since I got to Spindle Tap, I've been telling Garrison, we got to do some really awesome creative things with coffee and beer. I've been pretty skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a jerk. Uh, other than the... Um, obvious stout option um and i've got i've had some crazy ideas in my head and one of them had to do with the uh, cascara and so having uh these guys but that was without ever trying cascara i think that's amazing yeah like we tried it together for the first time wasn't we, it great we yeah same cup our ca- we tried yeah, cas- spit it into each other's mouth <laughs> yeah our cascara Gross. our cascara cherries yes were tried the same time mutually yes yeah. I know what y'all were thinking. Sci- scienti- scientific, <laughs> I'm just, scientific I'm just method. This beer real quick. <laughs> scientific method. On. It always starts with an idea. But no, it's uh, a lot of a lot of tobacco, but in like uh, in a good way. You, Matt, I know you're pretty familiar with with like chewing tobacco, uh. like the the dried fruit notes uh, and the subtle earth notes. 
that are that are associated with like a like a pouch of Levi Garrett or Redman. <laughs> right, right. But I I would imagine, and I don't truly know from experience, but I would imagine that different brands of uh, tobacco have different uh, flavor profiles. Uh, the Cascara is going to be similar. You're going to get uh, different flavors that are highlighted in in um, different fruit um, because there's different varietals of coffee trees and cherries and different elevations and things might have happened differently in the you know the climate the le- level of earth notes the level of fruit tones vary and right. change in complex ways depending right. on cuz we we had those two teas there and one of them was like super fruit bomb and the other one was all like earth and spice well to to your to your uh, testament i mean ultimately you're talking about differences, potential differences being in what we saw five thousand feet, yeah, in in elevation difference between the the farms that we went to. So, yep. not only that, but the the distance between the farms, the the location behind or with with respect to this mountain. Yeah, I mean they're the completely completely different farms. Right. So the what what I'm saying is that the opportunity here to do really awesome and creative things. Um, with because of, yeah, because uh, of the various oh, this guy, the with the because of the various flavor profiles, um, it's exciting for me because I'm a scientist and uh, well, ultimately, so as when we tried the cascara for the first time at uh, at that coffee shop in uh, Santa Rosa or where was San Pedro, San Pedro yeah. um, the I was immediately enamored with it and. Uh, I was I was teasing Matthew about the the tobacco notes, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> but it's uh, it's 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 truly uh, one of the more unique things that I've tried in the tea form, um, and was uh, un- undoubtedly interested in using it in uh, in a beer. So that's something that he and I have been kicking around since. Uh, he was able to get some from uh, that that roaster at uh, was it Crumb and Crust? Crust and Crumb, yeah. Um, it was Crumb and Crust, but Crummy Crust, <laughs> Crumb of the Crust. <laughs> but so that's what we have here in front of us is a is a, a concentrate made uh, from the the cascara. Yeah. So it's a highly concentrated tea. That we're we're dosing in different spindle tap beers. Um, if anything, to learn what it does in beer, because uh. really all we were looking for was uh, potential. And if you can find potential there, then it means that great things can happen. <laughs> Delicious guy. Yes, I liked it. <laughs> Great potential. Come try it on February 29th. <laughs> February 29th. <laughs> um, I think there is a lot of potential with that in beers because it's such a nice, good, sweet flavor that I can see where it could it could work well with a lot of different What's types of beers. It's dark fruit and and like subtle earth tones. Like it's it's a tea, and it, it it has a lot of the attributes of a good tea. Mm-hmm. Um, all I know is that we had a hell of a trip down in Honduras. Uh, I mostly survived. Actually, I survived the trip. I barely survived the day after the trip. 
But here I am, drinking beer, enjoying a good time with everybody. Still itching. Still My itching legs are a little currently bit. itching right now. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's still still a little bit of itching. But um, no, man. I want to. I want to just thank you guys again. Thank you, Matthew, man, because uh, we honestly wouldn't have taken this trip ever. Well, wouldn't have taken the trip like we did. Mm-hmm. We probably would have taken this trip, but not in the not what we did for all the coffee. Thank you, and, thank right. you, Michelle Dunaway. Yeah, Michelle without Novus Imports. Yeah, without Novus, this trip would not have happened. So, yes, yeah, that is she, correct. she was pretty fantastic, and they set the itinerary up for us, uh, and it was and had drivers, great yeah. drivers. We're rolling around like cartel out there. Once, or two yes. four by Twice. fours, eight percent tent. Uh, traffic rules did not apply. <laughs> Our driver Ophelio was working his ass off the entire time going up yeah. and down these mountains. Oh, that was scary. He was he, <laughs> he he was straight up. He had somebody on the on the Bluetooth speaker on in his truck. He had somebody in a Bluetooth speaker in his ear. He had two phones driving with his knees. Standard <laughs> and a standard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's like who the f- talked to you? Up, a, <laughs> up a winding mountain, a nine hundred foot drop off on the right hand side, <laughs> with nothing I mean, just no like drop off. Yeah, no just, just going yeah. fifty yeah, miles a, an hour. There was a banana tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was to stop you. The vehicle would not have rolled. Hey, shout out no. to Ophelio and Luis. Luis, yeah, drivers. <laughs> yeah, but we survived, and uh, it was a great trip. Had a really good time, man. So, uh, looking forward to our Colombia trip. El hombre, el. But uh, yeah, stop by Spindle Tap, man, and uh, get some good beers and try some coffee. And if you're interested in carrying any of the Spindle Tap coffees or brews, just reach out to them at uh, what's worldwide at spindletap.com. Worldwide, worldwide. Yeah, and, and what? Worldwide, 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 worldwide. <laughs> and yeah, because the coffee is absolutely phenomenal, and then absolutely. Uh, Taking the trip down there and meeting the farmer, drinking coffee with him in his living room and meeting his family. I mean, it was just such a great experience. And we know where this coffee is coming from. So, February 15th, eight-year anniversary of Drink Don't worry, Radio. Don't this is jelly. John. I'll be here, too. I like hugs. the jam. <laughs> and I'll tell you to go to the show. I knew you preferred the jam, you. John. <laughs> no, actually. This uh, coffee jelly was made with Liftoff Coffee. By my good friend who owns... That is really good. Yeah. Uh, Underhill Urban Farm. Yeah. Near the uh, oh, I haven't planted Garden Oaks my, Oak Forest area. Uh, I haven't planted my coffee trees yet. So what gonna, coffee trees? I don't know what you're talking about. seeds I brought in through the... You smuggled in. You don't don't that? ask him how you smuggled them in. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't want to try that coffee. <laughs> Dark notes, <laughs> extra dark notes. <laughs> Peanut butter chunk. <laughs> uh, uh, O'Doyle rules. February 29th. <laughs> worldwide, worldwide. <laughs> Throwback Thursdays at Platypus, starting man, and in, in, in next week. Next week, what's going to be cool about that is DJ Muskratch is going to be out there spinning another with the badass vinyls. Uh, real vinyls, not this electronic stuff and everything. He's got his records out there. He's going to be spinning music. You're going to be drinking good beers, eating good food. Our buddy Sean's going to be out there on the barbecue pit, slinging some good meats. Throwback Thursday at Platypus. So coming up on February 15th, you know, after you all celebrate Valentine's Day and whatever happens, you know, or don't celebrate it, you get to celebrate something even better than that. That's going to be the eight-year anniversary of this radio show. And... Um, 
Eight years. Yes. Eight, uh, unbelievable, right? Eight years. Uh, I don't know. Last year, I think it was seven years, 7,000 beers or something like that that we last drank. Year, I think it was seven years. Last year, it could have been. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember five or six. So we're just going to go with eight this year. Eight year anniversary party. Dirty Angel's going to be up here playing. Uh, DJ Muskrat's going to be spinning some music. It's going to be funking it up all day long. A badass beer selection happening. So roll by February 15th. And yeah, I want to thank everybody for listening. And man, you can listen to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company by going to drinkofages.com. You can find any of the old shows on SoundCloud and various other places on the internet. So man, everybody be safe out there. Ooh.